Rain dance. <laughs> okay. You wanna? Yeah, I feel like there's some silliness in the air today. <laughs> Now then everybody, welcome to the Wedding Mavericks podcast with Lindsay and Jules, a podcast for wedding videographers and photographers where we discuss all aspects of running a business, developing technical knowledge and skills and pushing your creativity. The Wedding Mavericks podcast is sponsored by Divine Studios, a creative agency in Leeds, helping businesses across the globe with web experiences and brand identities. If you are looking for help with your branding or website, get in touch with them for a no obligation chat to see how they can help you. And if you mention Wedding Mavericks, you'll get 10% discount on their services. Thanks Divine for sponsoring the podcast. So Linz. Hello. What have we been up to this week? So busier, definitely in terms of weddings. You had quite a busy weekend last weekend, didn't you? I oh, did. I was all by myself. Extended weekend. Oh. <laughs> yeah. Um, so uh, trying to think now. So it we was went from style shoot yeah. on the Thursday. Yep. Yeah. Into Friday. Saturday. Yeah. yeah weddings Friday and Saturday by myself. Mm-hmm. One was um, one was video. One was photo. And then um, on the Tuesday. Mm-hmm which is a couple of days ago now, we're recording this at the end of the week, but the, yeah, we, um, I was over, drove, drove over to Scarborough for a wedding on a Tuesday. Quite enjoying the, the fact that there's all these midweek weddings because it's like, mm. <clears throat> well, you'd, you'd sort of think it'd give you all these weekends off, but it probably doesn't really <laughs> translate like that. Um, but um, yeah, it's, it's, it's nice that weddings are happening on different days. I don't know if this is going to be a, a change in the industry forever, or whether this is like a more of a an acute kind of fallout from from the pandemic that that will only be here for the next year or two, and then yeah. things will go back to normal. But I mean, I think we are seeing some inquiries yes. out. We're coming through for mm-hmm. one the one the other day for like. Weren't you talking to me yeah. about one that was a, a Monday or a Tuesday, and it was in twenty twenty four. That's right. Yeah. Yeah. You know, and, and I'm not like, not just a tiny little wedding. It was, they wanted like the full bag of mashings, didn't they? So, yeah, I guess Maybe. that's that's a thing now. Yeah. It'd be interesting actually to to just find out because that's that's obviously going to be um, getting steered by wedding venues mm. and their availability. So yeah. um, it would be interesting to, to know actually. In fact, the next wedding or weddings that we're at, I think we should, we should ask that. We should just... Yeah, talk to the venue and just try and gauge what's happening. Because mm. yeah, because that that getting the information from them helps us to kind of plan what it'll look like going forward. Yeah, and I think that's relevant for people. You know, all of us in the industry, because you know, there's there's two ways of thinking. There's the way of thinking. Well, it you know, it's the same amount of work whatever day it is. It doesn't matter whether it's a Friday, Saturday, Sunday, or a Tuesday, Wednesday, Thursday. It's the same amount of work. I don't do discounts or anything for 
um, you know, midweek weddings or off-peak weddings because it's the same amount of work. And there's nothing wrong with thinking like that, but then there's the, also the way of thinking. Some people will think, well, I, I'm going to be quiet in that period. And mm-hmm. actually, if I take weddings on there and maybe fill up the, the calendar with some midweek weddings, then I can potentially take a couple more weekends off in the summer, mm-hmm. which wouldn't normally get get to do. Yeah. Um, because I've already made, you know, met my financial goals and things like that and spread it out a little bit more. Mm. So... I don't know that inquiry the other day that you were referring to. So that was for a Monday at the end of July in 2024. So... It's middle of know, summer as well. Yeah. Crikey. So the conversation that we had was very much round, actually. Well, let's weigh up here. Kind of the... Mm the pros and cons of sort of doing that and, and actually thinking, well, where where will we benefit from doing a wedding that's not on a Saturday, on a Monday, but does it increase opportunity for us because it's not eating into to the weekend? I mean, it was some distance away. So if, if we were to secure that booking, we'd have to consider the, the travel down south on, on the Sunday, but still, you know, the Saturday, potentially the Friday, because that's still a popular day um, anyway, I think, for... for yeah. For weddings, yeah. Um, y- you know, it just gives us small food for thought, isn't it? It is, yeah. Um, Definitely a different way of working. Mm. Yeah. Mm. Um, and it's Easter, um, school holidays coming up. Yes. So this is, we're, we're recording this on the Friday, so technically this is our last few hours of freedom <laughs> for a couple of weeks. <laughs> yeah. Um, so scramble in to get done what we can before uh, we know the kids are up with us for the next couple of weeks. But um and that in itself, so in terms of the, the podcast, so we're doing this in the the studio right now, but we know um, for the next few weeks, because at the moment we're, we're in, we, we keep saying that we'd like to be able to sort of record, you, you know, a small batch, a few at a time in advance. Um, and definitely if we want to maintain um, our release of a weekly episode. Through the season, Through yeah. the season, we're going to have to certainly... Um, really think hard about when you know doing that planning plenty of planning prep in advance and making sure that we do that for if we want to kind of maintain the the momentum that, that we've got with doing these and I think you know I'm certainly enjoying doing this on, on a weekly basis but um yeah the practicalities of being able to sustain that for us through the busy summer period I think we're going to have to we'll give you some thought you get a few things yeah and like we've already said haven't we for the next couple of weeks will go from your kind of those that are watching on YouTube will go from seeing uh where we are in the, the studio bit to you'll see our dining room wall instead because we're um, we expect we'll we'll kind of be doing these um couple of these in the evenings. When the kids are in the house, bed. yeah, when the kids have gone to bed. Yeah. So um this this week, what are we talking about? So we are going to be thinking about how we convert inquiries, how we move from what's an inquiry or a lead, you might refer to it as, to that person or that couple rather becoming a client of yours. So before we do get into that, just again, kind of a few moments of kind of reflection on what we've done or what we've covered since the start of the year. Um, I think it's... We were thinking, we were looking at how many episodes we've done together now, haven't we? And um, it's about ten, I think. Ten, yeah, which is which is nice. So thank you for having me along. It was the one a few weeks ago that that you did yourself, but um, otherwise, it's it's kind of been nice to to be on this little journey 
with you, as it were. And in that time, we started the years, at uh, the year, sorry, rather, um, not not necessarily a mindset of New Year's resolutions, because I think those are things that are all too often easily kind of broken or um, forgotten about. But we thought about goal setting. Um, and we were quite honest about the fact that it's, we're coming up to five years in business, but it's not something that we've consciously made the time and put the effort into doing at the start of a year. Um, so it'll be, in fact, it's only a few weeks away, isn't it? It's the start of May um, when it'll be five years in business for us. But uh, we kind of, and, and of course, on the back of what's happened in the last few years, and I went away to do something slightly different, and then we've kind of come back together and this now is the the focus for us going forward so we wanted to to start off the next season of the podcast start off the new year thinking about the business thinking about what our goals are really and um hopefully that's that's something that you've joined us as in doing um we spent a, a few weeks there thinking about um how much uh, you need to earn to make this a sustainable business for you what costs are involved in running your business we've thought about how we go about identifying our ideal clients how we structure packages that we're going to showcase to those people we've taken information right from goal setting ideal client your packages right through to thinking about you and your business as a brand and how we kind of inject what you're all about and what your kind of your vision is for for your business um what how you can kind of inject that into your branding understanding that that's such a bigger concept that alongside marketing are bigger concepts than certainly until I started learning about it that than I thought I thought it was just very straightforward I thought it was a logo and I thought bit of advertising that's it and that's what those two concepts were all about but as we've talked about and I'm sure there'll be a number of you out there that that did already have that that sort of deeper knowledge as as well will understand that those are are far more complex things and and things that require a lot more sort of thinking about and time investment um when you're considering those for for your business so we've done that we've um looked at yeah the the branding the marketing what sorts of methods and tactics you might use and you may also and hopefully you've gone as far as now thinking about well, can I put together some sort of strategy or some sort of plan to think about how I'm going to uh, use different marketing tactics or methods that are going to help me reach my ideal clients and which ones in particular, and Jules went through quite a number of them last week, which ones in particular will work best for you and your business. So hopefully... When we kind of deploy our marketing tactics, if, if you like. Deploy, wow. Deploy, yeah, a what a word. So when we kind of put those things into place, we talked about last week that we're hoping to generate a response, aren't we? We want a response that for us is going to generate some inquiries or some leads, as we've said. Um, and so today we're going to have a look at, well, what happens then? What are you going to do now then? So you've undertaken your marketing, 
you may receive inquiries from an inquiry form that you've got set up it may be embedded onto your website it might be a direct email it might be certainly we see an awful lot of direct messages now particularly through instagram could be a phone call you got a phone call just yesterday afternoon didn't you um ringing you about a live streaming or it could be in person contact in some way so what are you going to do with that information now that's what we kind of want to pick apart a little bit today um and ultimately what we want to to be aiming for is you might think well we've done all this hard work in the background getting to this point but it doesn't stop there there's still a lot of work to do so what things now are you going to put into practice that um we have talked about over the past sort of 10 weeks or so um what are we going to do that's going to help us make that conversion basically what's going to turn somebody or somebody sorry what's going to turn a couple from being simply an inquiry about your services into um a secure job yeah and you're obviously it, it does seem quite um maybe a bit obvious what we're saying there but there's there's quite a bit of a process and quite a lot of work mm. that's going to actually go into that. And yes, if you are just providing a service, let's say you're providing photography or videography, and you're looking for the most kind of plain bog standard job, the most the couple that's just looking for somebody to come and stick a camera up and film the the wedding ceremony, or you know stand there very traditional style wedding photography, stand there, cheese at the camera, I'll take a photo, here's your, you know, 50 to 100 group shots and a couple of you two together as a couple and that's it. There's no, there's no like kind of real um, depth to that service or creativity or anything like that. If that, if you're just dealing with that sort of transaction, the fact that you offer a service, it's within a budget and then you're going to say, yeah, you know the fact that you you offer the service and it's within their budget if that's the sort of like client that you're looking for then that then you it's not much to do because mm. they're just going to basically book you they book you or they don't book you they're not particularly bothered they're not fussy they just need someone to do that job i think very few of us these days are actually looking for those clients or yeah. or looking to run our business in that way we we're all trying to um find a more specific type of client because we're, it's based on what we like mm. doing, mm-hmm. um, what we're good at doing, you know, and we are looking for those sorts of clients, looking for those sorts of budgets that they're going to spend those types of weddings. So to be more intentional about your process of turning an inquiry into a booking is important because of how competitive the situation is. Yeah, You're going to be potentially up against, you know, other other people offering your service as good as you are. And that's why we talked about marketing and branding, isn't it? Because it is, marketing yeah. and branding is, is an important step, important part of you standing out from the crowd in a crowded place. And for somebody to be like, well, they look like the people I want, but there also might be five other people who they've shortlisted as people who they want. Mm. So how this process that we're talking about now is how you're going to stand out even more yeah. than you already have. Yeah. And I think, thank you. And you, you just, you said a word in there, transaction. 
And I, I remember, oh, well, from, from quite early on, we've, we've had this thing about relationship over transaction because, like you said, the, 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 there is a place for and there is a, an area, a segment of the market whereby um, you will have not only clients who are, I just want a few snaps, I just want, yeah, I just want this filming, I just want you to do a very basic job, a few hundred quid, happy with that. And there are photographers and videographers who will service that and who are able to kind of detach themselves from any kind of, I guess, meaningfulness or emotion into that transaction. Yeah, because it, it is just literally just churn a job. Them out. Yeah, it's just a yeah, job, isn't it? Yeah. Just do it, turn up, do it, give it, and, and, and that's that's the end of it. But I think, like you've just said, well, I think... <laughs> not just forget how much it costs first and foremost we're talking about um we're kind of reaching out to and a community of professionals who like us if you were going to do this as a full-time job and you want to do this for for um a number of years surely it has to mean something to you you know it's a creative profession after all and you know weddings it's a repetitive thing isn't it so if you are in this for the long run if you we we talk about sustainability in terms of your business or longevity surely if you want to be able to do that for the long run you kind of you need to sort of consider yourself in that so when you're thinking about you know ideal client and things like that you know, you may not have considered it in that respect before of thinking or oh, relationship over transaction. You might be, you know, ju- at a point in your kind of career with your, your wedding film and photography where you are just thinking, you're just starting to build it or you are just thinking, no, it's just a, it's a, just a quick hit thing for me. And that, and that's absolutely fine. So, but, so then I think what we're going to kind of talk about today leans more towards and this is regardless of how far into your career or your profession you are, but it's leaning more towards the kind of building a relationship, not just for the client's benefit, but for your benefit as well, because part and parcel parcel of enjoying what you're doing and for you to be able to still be creative and still want to, still have a desire to want to do a good job, even though it's a repetitive thing, but to do a a fantastic job every single time. But the thing is, you're not just, you, you, it's not a product that you make on a production line and then you get the order in and you post it out. Yeah. And obviously whether you've got a team of people doing that or whether you're literally the person making the thing and shipping the thing, it's very transactional and there is no contact directly really with the, the consumer, is there? Yeah. Our, our work is all directed with the consumer because you are literally spending the entire wedding day with them and if you you know if you if you don't like the client uh, that day is going to be difficult for you and I'm not saying that you're going to like every client Mm -hmm. and that you should like every client you know it doesn't always work like that what I'm saying is if every single time you go do a wedding you're doing it with somebody that you don't really like and don't get on with and there's nothing there that's going to be tough Um, similarly, you sat in front of the computer screen. It, when I, the weddings I find the hardest to edit are the ones that I just don't know the couple at all. I just, mm. I feel like I was just not really 
involved in that day yeah. I was just capturing no it there's no connection it for you. and I mm. find that really difficult to to put something together and that is partly because of the way that we do things and the way I edit but also it's it's just you know and and that's why everything's different depending on how you do things but what we're yeah. talking about today is definitely uh, you know we're talking about turning an inquiry into a into a booking but we're also talking about how important it is to build relationships absolutely yeah so where do we start with that then for me we have to start with communication yeah and uh, one of the most important things here is for you to be able to think about some of the things that we talked about with your branding you know your tone of voice and the consistency in what you do there be genuine with people and you need to be if you are a genuine you know person and you're friendly um then that's no big deal because the consistency in that things that you will have conveyed within your branding Mm. that will be already something that the clients who have sent that inquiry to you that will already be something that they feel that they've kind of connected with in a way so you just continuing with that yeah so how do you communicate what do you feel comfortable with are you someone who likes to talk in person? Are you quite happy to talk over the phone? Do you prefer email communication? Perhaps you're not so confident sort of speaking to people directly in person over the phone um, about your services. Do you use just a social media platform? You know, we always try to, so many of our inquiries come from Instagram and it'll start with a DM. And we're always directing people to, we'll ask for their email address to get them kind of onto that platform so that then we can sort of, we can track that, but we can kind of formalise things a little bit more. And then we've kind of, we've got them in our client management system, haven't we? And things can just, there's there's more of an element of kind of professionalism there in yeah, starting to kind of But it's also, it's also because we don't, we, not that we don't use Instagram, mm-hmm. but we're just... Um, maybe somebody who is 10, 20 years younger than us, who's grown up with social media, literally from being a, a teenager, mm-hmm. would feel more comfortable using uh, Instagram or yeah. Facebook or you know another social media platform as a communication tool. Mm. It, it's not my preferred communication tool. No. But obviously you are trying to do what the client wants as well, what the client feels comfortable with. Mm. So it's kind of trying to find that balance. Yeah. But I think I think if you don't really, it's, yeah, I think DMs for me are a bit of a struggle. Yeah. Um, I, pr- I prefer to see emails. Mm-hmm. Initially, so. yeah. But you got, so that's why it's important to, to find something that, that, suit, that will suit you. You know, you don't forget, you know, your personality, your style. Let's not start to kind of pretend to be something that that we're not almost you know they've made that inquiry so let's deal with that in a way that best suits you and that you are going to be able to be consistent with that's it isn't it you'll hear us say the word consistency a lot through this episode you know because your communication your communication in general if it's inconsistent people do not it'll freak people out Mm. so you know consistency with communication is very much a, a trust building um situation yeah and 
that, you know, one of the things that's high on the list of what we're trying to do here, as well as impress people with our work and, um, you know, offer a good experience and customer service. But, you know, we want people to feel trust and that consistency is going to build that trust. Mm -hmm. Let's think about then the two kind of different, I suppose, two ends of the spectrum when it comes to number of clients you might potentially deal with throughout the course of the year let's say then so let's look at volume first of all so let's say you are a business you are delivering you are photographing filming maybe it's a combination 50 plus weddings a year well back and forth communication with 50 plus couples a year is going to be quite difficult yeah in and amongst everything else that you will be doing and if that's 50, you know, yeah, a lot of that might be concentrated through the kind of peak season, um, which makes it even more difficult. So when we're talking about kind of consistency, if if that's your business model whereby you're doing volume is is what is what your objective is, um, you need to think about how consistent can you realistically be with your back and forth communication with those people. Other end of the spectrum, of course, is if you are doing something um, a little bit more specialist, perhaps a little bit more bespoke, you're able to charge a premium price for that. So you do far fewer weddings a year. Or it could be, of course, that you are doing this in addition to also having a part of full time job. And so you're only realistically able to take on a particular number of weddings a year. When it comes to the communication then, so back and forth that's you probably will find that that's going to be much more manageable fewer people to have to have that um sort of back and forth exchange with obviously is going to be far more manageable now you in moving on from that you need to think about um in what way are you going to be able to keep track of those communications then so with those clients. So we use a, a customer relationship management, a CRM, to be able to manage that whole process for us um, when it comes to, to communication. And in the next episode, that, that's something that, that we're just going to um, explore a little bit deeper. Um, but in terms of inquiries for us, Jules, talk to us about that. So the start of the... The start of the inquiry journey isn't when they actually contact you. If you think about it, the start of the inquiry journey happens way before that. Um, you know, it, it basically happens with whenever they first come across you as a business, as a service provider, mm-hmm. as a photographer, a filmmaker, because they're starting to formulate an opinion about your service, your product, and you at that point. So at the point where they actually contact you, things are fairly warmed up at that point. You know, there's a real interest. Um, so we are going to start kind of with that, just simply because the other stuff that comes before that is um, it's a little bit hard to, to nail it down. But as soon as someone like contacts you directly, you know that they're definitely interested and that, that so there's a chance you might end up doing that wedding. So... What do you what do you do? Do you use an inquiry form on your website? Do you 
encourage people to just send you an email? Do you give them the email address? Mm-hmm. Do you want to receive a phone call or a text message or a WhatsApp? Or are you mainly working on the the kind of uh, presumption that they will see you on social media and contact you through DMs and stuff? Because I get that we're, we're not from that era, but I do see so many people contacting us on Instagram, mm-hmm. uh, direct messages and stuff. And it used to happen on Facebook as well when we, we were sort of busier on there because I think that's just what people have grown up with. It. Mm-hmm. It's, it's all instantaneous, isn't it? Mm-hmm. The fact that you would have to come off Instagram or Facebook to go and look at the website, to then find a contact form, to then fill out the information... Mm-hmm. It's all too contrived for mm-hmm. for some people and yeah. the way that they like to do things. Mm-hmm. They just literally, it's such a click and mm-hmm. I'm straight into the message. That's it. It's the convenience of it, isn't it, that, that appeals to them. It's that. And, and that's why that's why the call to action's there. Yes. And that's useful. It's mm. useful for those people to be able to contact you instantly. Uh, from our perspective, it's not useful for the back end of the business as in trying to manage all that communication and and what have you. So for us, we always are trying to direct people to the inquiry form Mm -hmm. on our website. Again, we're not going to go into the depths about the inquiry form right now. Um, But essentially the, the inquiry form is linked to the CRM that we use not everybody's is going to be like that. A lot of people will just use a standalone form, the information will come through and then they'll do whatever they, they do with that information. Um, we've been using the system we've been using now for a lot of years. So I I couldn't imagine not using it now yeah. because the, the admin time that it takes to copy information across from one place to another, I just, I'm not interested in, in having that as a, as a process. But it's just been a really helpful, sorry, it's just doing it that way as well. It's just been a really helpful sort of measuring tool as well, hasn't it? Well, yeah, because we can, that, we can so, track yeah. everything, mm. yeah. Mm. Track where the inquiries are coming from and stuff. Mm. Um, but, you know, the good thing about an inquiry form compared to, let's say, a, a you know, a direct message, an email that, that comes in, because we, we get all of these things, don't we? We, we, yeah. we? You will get it too. We get all of these types of inquiries. The problem is they're not asking the inquiry form asks specific information so hopefully they fill that out properly we have the information to be able to to provide that service well to them to be able to make that first reply that response communication a really good one because we already know what we need to know to be able to give them the information back that they're asking for whereas the amount of people that'll just dm you and say you know can you do my wedding at this place? How much type stuff? And the amount of emails where they'll say, I'm wondering whether you're available on this day, but they don't tell you where the wedding is yeah. and they don't tell you anything else about it. Yeah. So it's really hard then for you to to sort of like, you've got to ask some more questions, haven't you? Mm-hmm. So that it just makes your whole process less slick because yeah. rather than going straight in with that information and explaining exactly what the process is and, and what, what you can offer and what you, you know what you can do, you've got this position where you're having to go back and forth. Mm-hmm. So yeah, inquiry forms are really useful. Um, and it, it kind of helps you as well. Um, we've got a, a section on the contact form where we ask, why would you want us to, or why do you, why would you like us to tell your story type thing? And since adding that on, it has absolutely transformed the way that those inquiries come through. Because yes, you know, two out of ten won't fill that out. Mm. 
but the majority of people fill it out and you instantly you know whether they're just kind of asking for price tire kicker types yeah. or whether they're completely invested in what you do yeah and it might not be that it's a slam dunk and, and that they're just going to pick you and they aren't looking at anyone else, but they'll give you an impression, they'll give mm. you some explanation of what it is that you are doing that that, that is attracted mm. um, them to you. Yeah. And that is an incredible piece of information to have yeah. for your branding and marketing. Yeah, really good feedback for that, isn't it? Yeah. So without even going into whether they book or not, mm-hmm. they've helped your business. Um, and that's that's just kind of a side note, really, that I wanted to mention because mm. I, I just, some of the stuff on there, I mean, I've thought about whether we, we copy and paste that and use it on social posts and things like that. Probably will do going forward, like go back through and mm-hmm. do stuff from, from previous inquiries rather than being like hot off the press, fresh ones so that people maybe don't like go, why are they, why are they doing this? Mm. But I just think some of, cause some of the stuff is so like, you know, I just fell in love with this and I, I watched this and I saw you at this place or I've, I've watched this film and I've watched this film and oh my goodness. And your photos just make me, you know, it's, it's, mm. it's amazing. So um, that's kind of, the, the inquiry bit basically we're capturing the information on an inquiry form and then it's coming through if you do it a different way we'd love to hear why you prefer a different way because maybe there's something we haven't thought of there how do you respond to that initial inquiry so this is really important because at this point you've actually got somebody who's dead keen mm-hmm. and what you don't want to do is mess it up so that initial inquiry response is probably the most important thing you're going to do until their wedding mm. because it will set the tone mm. going forward, won't it? Yeah. And what you don't want to do is annoy them by not giving them the information that they're asking for. But you also want to try and, you know, not... The difficulty is, I know a lot of people will say, well, I don't respond with a price. Yeah, I hear that quite a bit. And I think, well, if they're wanting a price, which they are, okay, you don't give them it, that that could be an issue for mm-hmm. them, you know? Because I know that some people put the price on the website because they, they say, well, it's annoying if I'm looking, if I was looking for this service and the price wasn't on the website, I wouldn't even contact them. Mm-hmm. So imagine if they actually contact you and they s- send out, you know, they take the time to do that and they ask for the price and you don't give them the price. Yeah. You're like holding it back, like mm. wait until we've had a chat. <laughs> and I get why people do that, but mm. I just think, well, you know, it's a risky business that. Um, unless you're working with really, really high-end clients that are just minted and the price doesn't even matter, mm. I think you I think you've got to give them the price if they're yeah. asking for it. They just want to see whether, what they want to know is they want to know your availability. They want to know what do you offer yeah. and they want to know how much. Yeah. And then they can just, they can qualify it or not. They can put you, you're on the shortlist still or you're off the shortlist because you cost too much or you're not available. So, you know, that that's that's inf- important. Definitely. So basically that's what we're responding with on that yeah. first thing. We're responding with the first line of the email is, yeah, we're available. Mm-hmm. The next bit is explaining a little bit about what we kind of do, who we are, in case they haven't taken the time to read that on the website. Very, very brief, you know, one Mm. paragraph type thing. Mm -hmm. It's offering them a call so that we can get to know them better. They can get to meet us. 
And then the next bit is a link to here's the price. And and then what's the process if you want to book? So that's basically what our initial response says. Yeah. Um, you know, and a lot of the information they could get off the website and or your socials or whatever. Um, but, you know, maybe in the frequently asked questions or whatever, but people don't always read this stuff. No. So and and the other thing really that we want to be doing is is keeping that consistency. So there are different ways you can do this. Um, so you, you could have templates. For instance, we've got those built into our CRM. Mm-hmm. Um, but if maybe if you use Instagram or other communication methods and you don't use a CRM or anything like that, then you really want to have some kind of written down templates so that you, yeah. you're always kind of giving out the same sort of information. It's always in the same format and everything. It just makes saves you a lot of time. It just keeps that consistency. Mm. And we also use things like Calendly, um, which is a scheduling thing where we can put that link into the email and then they, at their convenience, can arrange that that meeting, that call, video chat, whatever. Um, that's such a useful tool. Yeah. We'll go into that maybe, you know, later down the road. Uh, but that considering what is going to make it efficient, consistent, mm-hmm. and, you know, we want basically to deliver the easiest frictionless service that we can. Mm. Yeah. And then how quickly you respond yes. to that initial inquiry is really important, Absolutely. isn't it? Um, you have to think about, put yourself in the shoes of the clients for, for a moment and you have to think, if you've decided that you're planning your wedding, um, you might be a couple who are... You've made your list of every vendor, every type of supplier that you want, yep. everybody that you want to be involved in your day or, or key key things that you want to be part of your day. So it might be that you do you do one or two this month and then, you know, you're quite spread out about it. Or it might be that you've got your list and so you start making initial inquiries. So potentially your these clients, these leads, might have loads and loads of different suppliers who they are, they've sent initial inquiries to them, but there could be so many kind of back and forth communications happening with different suppliers. And you might find yourselves with a couple who they want to be organised and they just want that reassurance of knowing that they've found somebody they like. Yeah. And of course, in our circumstances, we're talking about the wedding film and photography. It could be... The, whether it's one supplier, whether it's a number of them, they've found someone that they like and they just want to know that they've been able to secure that photographer or that videographer and get that done and tick that one off the list and look forward to working with them. Yeah. And one of the biggest things that they could be influenced by is how, and with I think how soon after their initial inquiry you're going to respond. Yeah. You might have, um, you know, you might personally respond to every single inquiry that comes through. And again, it's going to depend on how you manage these inquiries, these leads. Or you might have a system whereby you've got automatic responses that are set up. You know, uh, more and more companies with with things are using chatbots, aren't they, for, for, uh, for kind of automatic responses. You know, that could be a thing. You might use WhatsApp, you might use Messenger. We've talked about DMs, things like that. 
Now, it could be that whenever you receive an inquiry, you are responding to that on the fly. You're just sending a, sending a personalised response each and every time. Or it could be if you're using something like the CRM that we use, you might have automatic responses that are set up. You know, um, chatbots are becoming more and more of a thing, aren't they, with um, with online services that, that you use. So maybe that's something that you've even considered incorporating into your initial response to your inquiries. Also things like the, the WhatsApp direct messaging, MSN messaging, MSN? Where did that come from? <laughs> <laughs> your WhatsApp. <laughs> Messenger, that's, that's the word I was looking for. <laughs> Facebook Messenger service, that's the one I was going for. You might still be using it. MSN, does that even still exist? Does it even still thing? It's like telegrams like but um, I think the, the key thing there is just it's really, really important to keep on top of your notifications. If you're relying on um, emails, please just make sure you regularly check, check in your inboxes, even junk folders as well, um, because messages could be missed. Exactly. Mm-hmm. So they're, they're the kind of practicalities of um, sending the messages, receiving the messages, mm. et cetera, et cetera, gathering the information. Responding swiftly. Yeah, but what we want to kind of now talk about is making that friendly and engaging impression. Mm. So you're in a tone of voice in communications is completely up to you. We've already said, you know, you should be genuine and authentic about the way that you, you, you present yourself, the way that you communicate. So... You know, it's totally up to you how you do that. But most people are going to respond to somebody who they kind of feel like is okay. They, they, you know, it's it's cool. Um, yes, some people that might be kind of oh well, I'm I'm inquiring about a business service, so I want a business response. Um, but if that isn't really your brand, and that's not how you're portraying yourself on online and, mm-hmm. and kind of marketing yourself and what have you, then they're probably not the right people for you, are they? Um, it depends who is the right person for you. It depends what sort of person you are. Maybe you're very proper and you want that to, you know, you want that to come across in your communication. Mm. So you should do it that way. For us, we prefer to use a professional but informal voice because that is kind of, who we are and that is going to be part of the service we deliver. So it's a very personal service. You know, we're not dealing with other businesses. Yeah. We're dealing with people and people have to like people, people buy from people. And we're proposing as our kind of USP, part of our USP is, you know, a very relaxed and friendly service. You know, we're not using industry jargon. We're not too serious in the use of our vocabulary. You know, we use words like hi instead of dear. We use words like, um, you know, best wishes or speak soon instead of yours sincerely or yours faithfully or whatever. We're not writing a business letter in, in here. So I always use good day. Good, <laughs> good, good day, mate. Good day, good day to you. <laughs> All right. Yeah, not you're not, going with not, not good you're day. Not, you're not just turned Australian. Good day. Good day. <laughs> no. <laughs> okay. Um, so, you know, 
that's the sort of thing you need to think about when you are crafting these messages. Again, consistency. If you've got a template that you use and you just change parts of it depending on the couple, that's a much easier way to keep you, you know, it saves you a lot of time, mm. but it's also a great way to keep your tone of voice consistent as well as everything else. Mm. Um, and, and asking questions in that, in that response and when you're using that tone of voice, asking questions in response to show a genuine interest in their plans, you know, making reference to things that they've mentioned in their inquiry. Right, yeah. You know, things like the venue or their dog or their kids or, you know, something quirky about their relationship or their, uh, their, their wedding day plans. If they've mentioned that in the inquiry form or the initial contact, they want you to know about it for mm. a reason. Why would they bother writing it if they weren't wanting you to know this is who we are, this is what we're about? And if you brush over that and you don't say, hey, I've clocked what you've said there and Mm. that sounds amazing, right? If you don't do that, then you're missing that relationship Mm. building Mm. and that that is going to be key to the next bit. You know, they've, they've got that response yeah, they're going to click on find out how much. But if you want them to make that call or you want them to book, they're going to need to they're going to mm. need a bit more than that potentially. Mm. So, showing that interest genuinely. So, that leads nicely into what is your call to action or proposition? Yes. At the end of the day, we're running a business and we need them to book so that we can make some money so that we can do our job and make some money. And as as much as we want to give that personal service and we want to um, be building those relationships, this is a business transaction as well. So if we don't steer things towards, here's how to book, we would like you to book, you know, we're not really, you know, this isn't just a chat, is it? We're trying to mm-hmm. achieve a goal here. Mm-hmm. So we need to make sure that the information we're providing is moving things in that direction. Whether it's going to happen or not, that's not we're not there yet. But we want to make sure that they've got all the information that they're looking for so that they can start making that decision. Whether they make that decision quite quickly or whether it takes weeks or months, let's be honest, we'll have all received an inquiry I can I, I can't even believe it sometimes when people come back to us months down the line you mm. think that's that's gone that's you know and then they literally will just turn back up in the email box and be like really sorry this happened that happened we've been really busy wedding plans took a back seat we want to book mm. can you send us that link again it's not working or something like that and it, it happens quite often so you know you need to basically set out the information and you need to set out the process of how they take action next, what's next. And, and we do this on the initial inquiry simply because they might be ready to make that decision mm-hmm. and we want them to be able to do it. If they're ready, we want them to be able to take that action straight away without any friction. Uh, we'll, again, we'll go into that in the next episode because we're going to be talking directly about that. But, you know, we want to, if they, for instance, aren't ready to make that, we want to make sure they've, 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 they've got everything that they need and that we can reinforce that later on. Yeah. Um, so providing that opportunity to take action, we don't need to go loads of detail into it with them. We just need to say, if you want to book a call, this is how you do it. 
if you want to meet up, this is how you do it. If you want to book, this is how you do it. Yeah. That's, so yeah. that's it. And, and you, you mentioned kind of reinforcing something as well because you'll you'll have a real split, won't you, of people who, um, because that initial email has got all the those kind of boxes in their mind that they're wanting to tick of, like you said, availability, cost, can I chat to them? How do I book? What's the process? What's the deposit? All that information's within that initial email. Um, and so you might get a proportion of people who just follow that to the letter and then next thing you know you're getting a notification saying so-and-so has accepted your yeah quote. happens a lot of more often than you'd expect yeah. yeah but then for some people you don't and for some people it will take them a little bit longer in their process of planning to be to, to make a final decision yeah and so what do we do in respect of those people because it was still a genuine lead that's come through to you it was still a genuine inquiry so what do we do? Do we think, well, they didn't book right off the bat, so I'm not interested <laughs> take my business elsewhere? No, of course not. We're, we're going to think about how we follow up, or we should be thinking about how do we follow up. So so ask yourself that question in, in, in its own right. You know, what do you do there with the people that aren't quite ready to book, perhaps, or haven't made a decision yet off the bat of, of your initial inquiry? Please don't forget, like Joel said a few minutes ago, people buy from people, okay? We're de- dealing with um, human beings here. So people are busy, okay? So they might have entered a phase of wedding planning, but people have lives outside of that as well, okay? And we could be dealing with um, people from any number of different sort of demographics. De- def- can't what? speak today. <laughs> Demographics. Demographics. It's when I try to use an intelligent word, I think. <laughs> <laughs> what was it, messenger that got me before? <laughs> so, um, no, we, we just could be dealing with um, people. Or, no, sorry, we have to appreciate that people are busy and have other things as well in their day-to-day lives that they are doing. So if you don't hear from them straight away, don't be deflated by that. Don't be despondent. You know, it could be that they are going to get back to you, but it's just not perhaps as rapidly as you want to be able to fill up your calendar. So how do we then, the next question would be, how do we then gauge what's the right number of times to follow up with people? Um, because the last thing you want to do is just become a pest. Yeah. By doing it too much. Um, and also for, for how long? So how many times and over what period of time? Um, and I know that's something that, that we've kind of, o- over the years, um, we've kind of, we've made adjustments to and we're always kind of tweaking a, in, yeah, in a way a little bit. we've played with it, haven't we? Mm. I remember one person directly saying, you know, <laughs> I've received quite a few emails from you yeah. in a short space of time and not not impressed. Yeah. And I remember having to sort of I was a bit annoyed and then I had to take myself out of the you know and, and I, I just mm. it did make me it basically made me change the sequence yeah tweak the sequence of how often the follow-ups went out because because of the feedback and that's not a bad thing you know that's how that's how we should be we should be kind of adjusting as we go along yeah. um I do think that was an anomaly I think that that was just that person I don't think yeah. everybody will have felt like that. I don't even know if everybody gets every single email because of the way that things get filtered. And mm-hmm. there's there's two trains of thought, basically. It's either 
you need to stay in people's minds because if they're ready to book, they'll book the person who's in their mind. Mm. You know, if it's between you and some others, they're just, if they're ready, they're ready. And they're, they're going to basically, that's why the initial response is so important. But also mm. at this point, if, if you're not following up and they just happen to be, it gets to that Friday night and they're going to book tonight mm. and somebody else's email comes into their follow-ups and reminds them if they were on the fence between two maybe they're just going to go with that one so it's important to kind of have that repetitive follow-up mm. processes mm-hmm. in like we're keeping in mind but also you don't like you say you don't want to be a pest yeah so then you've got to f- try and find that balance and everybody's i've read and listened to so much stuff about this that there is no hard and fast rule it's industry dependent mm-hmm. you know the best way i can think of it is try and think about what you would expect and if yeah. if every day for two weeks you would be pissed off mm-hmm. if you were getting that many emails, yeah, then don't do it. If <laughs> once a week for four weeks or once every few days for a couple of weeks, somebody was just checking in and having some sort of relevant conversation, communication with you, maybe that's okay. Maybe it isn't. You you need to decide on that. Yeah, kind of over time you you will... You'll get a feel for it, won't you? Because thankfully, people are honest, and so um, we, like you said, we had that person that that sort of fed back to us that 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 was just a little bit too much for their liking, mm. um, and we didn't get the chance to work with them. So we kind of look, lo- we learned from that. I don't think we were going to anyway. Like but I don't <laughs> think it really matters. <laughs> I think, but still, I, don't I think, think that was the reason they didn't book. It, it's just it's it's good to know isn't it because um we we might not think of ourselves as needing to think about customer service but we do that that's huge um we're talking about relationship building here because um from this point so from receiving the initial inquiry if that person then books with you to the point of actually arriving at their wedding doing the film of photographs and then what you deliver afterwards somebody might book you two or so years in advance. Of course, you need to be thinking about building a relationship there. So their experience, their customer experience with you all the way through that is really, really important. And so everything that you've said so far about, you know, the whole tone of voice, the speed at which we reply to them, how much information we're giving to them, don't just be sending replies back or giving information that, you know, is is completely redundant to what they're, they're interested in. Like you were saying a few minutes ago, when you are, whether it's your initial response or whether it's the follow-ups, make sure you're tuned into what information did they share with me on that initial inquiry then? And what have I learned about this person so far mm. that I could perhaps put into my follow-up email or couple of emails that kind of lets them know that you know I'm I'm thinking about you and I'm thinking about your wedding and this could be a really kind of good you know this could be a good thing if we get the chance to kind of work together and we get to sort of tell your story so it's it's um yeah it has to mean more to you as well I think within your follow-ups so when you're structuring any follow-up emails particularly if you're using templates and this is the thing where and i know we'll talk about the crm as you've said in um in the next episode but you know you you've put some real effort into those follow-up emails over the past sort of 18 months two years in making sure that it's not just have you made a decision yet 
hey, it's been two weeks since you sent us an email. I haven't made a decision yet. <laughs> Can I help? Do you need anything more? Completely the wrong way to, to be going about your, your follow-up. So, so please, you know, think about that and, and think about how you can kind of track as well. Keep a track of how many follow-ups people are receiving. And if they respond to you and say, thank you, but no thanks, if you are using any kind of automation at all, please, for goodness sake, make sure that Lindsay you Lindsay usually forgets that. to turn it off. <laughs> <laughs> so I then let her go back with the explanation. <laughs> <laughs> told you no <laughs> oh I'm really sorry <laughs> right, I mean think about this okay we have had um, since the start of the year so we've had over 200 inquiries that have, have come into us variety of methods okay but like we've always said we always try to then even if we have to manually input that into the CRM so that we can record those um, and keep a track of everything so over 200 since the start of the year that's more than two a day on average if you think about it no idea okay yes in the quieter months but absolutely no idea how we would manage multiple follow-ups even just a short number that we're talking about here but even just you know multiple follow-ups with people in a measurable way in kind of a timely way yeah as well how we would kind of uh, do that consistently throughout the year. Yeah, without the CRM. Without the, the CRM, yeah. And yeah. Uh, b- because, the you know, as, as the kind of time passes and you get more into to sort of... Doing other tasks. Doing other things and, and the weddings, yeah. You're going to lose track of that. Yeah. And, and, you know, if you think about it, if you have, let's say you do five follow-ups... You don't, I'm not saying that's the, the magic number, but let's say you do five follow-ups per inquiry. Five times two is a thousand. So that's a thousand email communications from a lead that you would have would have done in three months, mm. right? Now, that's crazy if you don't have something to do that and manage that for you. Um, I, I really do think you would do nothing pretty much than just email mm. bearing in mind you've got other communication to do with the with the couples that whose weddings you're actually doing and mm. that that in, you know that communication has got to be much more intentional and bespoke because it's talking about things that and and setting up calls to, to talk with them potentially and things like that so yeah and that that's just the people that don't you know aren't necessarily booking you not to mention the ones that the, the ones that are interested in book a call or need further communication because they're asking questions. Obviously, you've got to answer those in yeah. in yourself. You can't get the the computer to do that for you. So yeah, that's something we wanted to mention, isn't it? Because yeah. it's yeah, I just don't know at this point. It's okay when you first start out. You might have you might not even get two. In, I think when we first started out, we wouldn't even get two inquiries a month sometimes. So yeah, you can spend all the time you've got mm. on that. You're not busy to start with and yeah. you can spend plenty of time replying to emails, um, you know, and, and giving giving this really, really bespoke, write everything from scratch service. But when you get to, it, it, you don't really know how busy you're going to get mm. until it's too late. And then you've your system that you've got in place might not be cutting the mustard anymore. So we've talked about the follow-ups. So the, the next thing to talk about, I'll try and be brief on this now, is multiple touch points. And basically, 
what we're talking about here is each time someone sees your business, it's another nudge towards them potentially choosing to book you. Mm. You know, there's a lot of people that will interact with your business that have got, they're not even getting married. They might already be married. There might just be people who follow you for whatever mm. reason. They might be friends and family. They might be random people who like watching wedding films or looking at wedding photos. Who knows? But most people are going to be like looking, they're following you for a reason. And so, you know, every time they see you, it's another reminder. So, and there might be people who potentially will stalk your brand for years. There are people, honestly, I've heard, I've heard stories from other people, I've heard people who've actually booked us and said, I was following you before we even, before I even had a boyfriend type mm-hmm. thing. So, you know, they, 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 they don't, even know they're going to get married at that point, but they're following you and they love what you do and they've kind of fallen in love with it. And you don't really know who those people are going to be. So it's really important that you're thinking about this. It's in the back of your mind all the time. In other instances, that you know, the, you might be the perfect match for a couple and they would choose you, but because the industry is so crowded, you know, there is so much content out there um, that if you don't keep yourself in people's minds... Mm-hmm. Uh, you know, and be present, they might see something that distracts them and that, you know, it might capture their attention at the wrong moment for you, as in they're ready to book you or they're, pre- they're you know, prepared to and they're thinking about booking you, but then something comes and goes, ooh, mm. and they're like, oh, and oh, I've seen this. And unfortunately, that is just how it is these days, isn't it? Yeah. There's so much out there. There's so much, everybody's good you know, and people's, uh, the way that people's tastes are is that it, it can be literally like, I like this, I love this. And then they see this other thing and mm-hmm. then I love this. And it, it, it could just be timing, yeah. you know. So it's important that you're constantly thinking about keeping a presence. So keeping, you know, creating multiple touch points throughout your business, using your website, your email sequences, Mm. your social media, your word of mouth and your presence at weddings or other events or um, style shoots, showcases, wedding fairs um, or any other marketing materials Mm -hmm. could be, you know, listing on directories and blogs and things like that. Could be getting featured in magazines or winning awards. Mm. All these things are just creating touch points for people to see you, see your business, see your work. Um, And you've got to think about this as well. This isn't just before booking. This is got to think about these touch points in stages. So there's pre-purchase, there's Mm. purchase and there's post-purchase. And it isn't just about snagging the customer before they buy from you and that's it. It's like, I've got them now. I don't have to think about it. They want to see you on social media and you know, email potentially after they've booked you, you know, after booking is important to keep the touch points going because you're building the service, you're building the connection. Mm. This is all going to be part of the feedback once you have finished the job, you know, and that's going to make them be your, your advocate. They're going to champion what you do Mm. because of the experience they received because you kept those touch points going. Um, and and hopefully that leads to them recommending you to others. But as well, 
even if it doesn't, it might lead to a really good testimonial. It might just, even if you don't get that directly from them, it might just lead to a really good experience with the couple. And that surely is what we're, we're striving for at the end of the day. Yeah. I mean, quick story. The, the wedding I did just on Tuesday, this is how it, it kind of happened. Bear in mind, they only booked a few weeks ago. Uh, it's a small wedding. Bride sees me on Instagram, and that's because she follows a hairstylist whose wedding we did. Hairstylist's got quite a following. She's got like 110,000 Instagram subscribers. So she has a lot of people looking at what she does. You know, she's quite a name in the beauty industry. So people kind of, um, I think the bride has some connection to the beauty industry. Mm-hmm. So had, knows of this hair, you know, doesn't hasn't met this hairdresser, but this hairstylist, but as, as no, but knows who she is and follows her saw the wedding film we did literally like fell in love with it explained on the phone when I spoke to her she was like I just saw what you did there and I just I, I just want that type of thing so you know at the same time her partner the groom is asking on his social media for wedding videographer recommendations because they, he wants to book they want to book a wedding videographer um, and he happens to work in my old profession our old profession and he told me that literally 10 people post, posted onto his, you know, responding to him, saying, you got to get these guys. And it was really compliment- they were all really complimentary and everything. So there's two there, completely separate channels, two completely separate people, you know, they're together, but they're doing that independently of each other. And it's reinforced. So there's multiple touch points, yeah? Um, and that means right these guys but you know we might have created that strong referral network and you know that's all going to start with the awareness of your brand and everything through our friends and everything that's how he's got our name probably um and and obviously connecting with the 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 hairstylist and, and doing her wedding so we've kind of created this circle of influence but that didn't mean you know they were definitely booking because yeah. He's then looked at our socials and website. He's gone. I didn't. Con- he said I didn't contact you because I thought you would be too expensive and we wouldn't be able to afford you because they were working quite, with quite a sort of limited budget with it. Um, so he didn't even bother contacting. He contacted another videographer that he was going to use, mm. and then it's only when he mentioned it to his wife to be that she said, "I don't want that person. I want this guy." So can you see, it's like it was against us, even though everybody's on board. Mm. And, but it, it, you know, he then reaches out on Instagram. It's a midweek wedding. We ended up doing a bit of a discount for him and stuff because it made sense for us to do that. It's April midweek. Um, But the point is, you know, if these multiple touch points and this reinforcement Mm. wasn't there, because she'd obviously at that point followed us, and wasn't just now looking at the hairstylist wedding. She's looking at other weddings too. She's looking at the stuff we're putting out on socials. She's looking at stories and things like that. And it's it's building up that picture. Mm. So sorry if that was like a bit of a long-winded story, but it's it's trying to you know it's trying to provide an example of why it's so important to be always thinking. It's not just about posting on social media and thinking I just need something to post today, mm. right? There is a bit of that, but also think about what you could post that might help this process along. Mm. Um, And imagine if this, 
you know, that process that I've just talked about is something that happens on a regular basis with lots of potential leads. You know, every interaction we have, every connection we make, you know, whether it's offline or online, you know, we want to remember um, to be delivering that constant message, consistent message. Mm. Um, where possible, linking to the, like, the journey and the storytelling to relate, you know, to potential clients what that's all about you know whether that's you know how you work what you're about what you're what you're offering that's different or whether it's like how you deliver that service and what you do and why that might work for them thinking about how they're thinking and feeling what problems they have and how you can solve them what are their wants and needs you know show proof of why you are good at what you do and why they might want to use you so testimonials reviews things like that, um, the copy and stuff that you're writing on social media and on your website. Mm. And if they've got any inquiries, you know, if, if they're going to inquire with you, um, they're probably following you on social media. So, you know, part of the reason you need to keep consistent with your posts and your stories and your reels to keep in mind and keep reinforcing why you're perfect for them and their day. Mm. Yeah. Um, it's kind of like it almost gives a, a, an additional dynamic to your about us page on your website doesn't well, it's like it? it's like your socials so need to be constant abouts yeah so yeah. when when people say show a photo of yourself yeah it's because you know one photo on your about me page which some i look at some about me pages they don't even have one photo on there of them just a blank page so so not just a photo on your about me page but photos on your social media mm. of you mm-hmm. it's just reminding them that it's, it's, there's a person behind that yeah. and I want to know more about the person also I want to know what they can do for me yeah but I also want to know why why them yeah because showing your personality them getting to see your personality you know we've talked about kind of connection and, and things like that before and that's not just for us hoping to get a connection with ideal clients and things like that you know that's massively important for clients they want to feel like they're in safe hands yeah. they want to feel like they're going to be able to to have a, a, a great day with you that you know when you turn up on their wedding day not only are they going to enjoy having you around but so will other people as well and you just you know you're going to kind of blend in nicely yeah as it were so uh thank you for that i didn't know that bit about the um the the groom from the other day that you were telling me about that he'd actually you said about him doing a little bit of work, but I thought it was just that uh, he was aware that his fiance had shown an interest in us. I didn't know that he'd reached out and. Well, I didn't until I was chatting with him. <laughs> yeah, so that's that's great. Um, okay, so kind of moving on from what you've just been talking to us about there. Then let's say that we're at the point then where this inquiry, this couple, they they want to speak to us. So they either want a meeting, they want to see us in person, or they want to call with us. Okay, very few people take the time to actually speak with other people simply because of, I think, the age that we're living in, the convenience and the attention-grabbing mobile phone and all these different ways that you can, in a written message, communicate with people or get the information that you need, I think means that there are fewer people that are actually wanting to have verbal or visual conversations. Mm. And so if you get that, 
if you get that request, then I think you can take a bit of confidence away from knowing the fact that they're actually quite serious about finding out a little bit more about you and potentially booking you. Yeah. Um, but lots of people will, of course, simply keep it with that email or that social DM um, or other type of message to just kind of have that inquiry with you. But just please bear in mind then, if they are reaching out and whether they decide they want to just keep it written with you, they might be a little bit shy, reserved themselves, or they've said to you they want that meeting or that call, you need to have your ducks in a row. You need to be organised and be prepared because this could be our opportunity then to secure that booking with that couple. Okay. So if you don't feel comfortable, just kind of off the cuff, ad-libbing, you know, you get someone on a, on a, a phone call or maybe it's a, a Zoom call. If you're really confident in what it is that you want to convey to them, chatting away with them, that's then then that's great and and you go with that because you will no doubt kind of feel comfortable in that which is great oops <laughs> yeah right <laughs> joking myself just joking edit that bit out <laughs> um however if you're not sort of wholly comfortable with with kind of ad-libbing like that no harm at all in making yourself a little script so it might just be a few little bullet points on on a, a sheet of paper for you or up on the computer screen just to kind of help you stay on track through the call. Make sure that you're covering everything that you need to cover with them because you want them from that call. You know, they could be kind of 60, 70% of the way they're ready to book you. They get on a call with you. Well, that gets them up to about 90%. But actually, you'll have a proportion of people who by the end of that call, I will say to you there and then, yep, want to book you. Let's do it. But you still might have those some people that will say, actually, okay, thank you very much. We'll go in, we'll, we'll have a think and we'll have a chat about that. All right. So just make sure, because that might be the only opportunity you get to speak to them face-to-face, over the phone, whatever it might be, make sure then that you've covered all of the key points. So just, th- if nothing else, think about the questions that they might have in their mind. Think about, there might be, aspects of what you've not covered in your initial inquiry response or in those follow-up emails or that you have available elsewhere on your website so think about possible questions that they might come up with that they need to to ask you but having that will kind of keep things on track for you throughout the through the call and it won't leave you feeling silly if you like if there's awkward silences and things you know we can't really talk about how to do a call in this episode uh, you know, it'd be quite a big topic, mm. but it, it's you know, th- there's an art to speaking with people, um, and an art to selling yourself or your service, your product. We're not suggesting we're um, you know the experts at it. We've worked in jobs where we've had to do a lot of speaking with people, so yeah, you know that helps. You might be someone who's quite shy and doesn't like having to do a face-to-face conversation Mm. in a in like a bit of a controlled awkward way so having a list of kind of questions or things to cover helps you to prompt you to know what to say um yeah yeah i think the key is to is to listen as well yeah absolutely absolutely well i mean people love to talk about themselves (laughs) yeah (laughs) but i mean you know 
and that's okay because don't forget we're speaking to people here who are really giddy and excited because they're planning their wedding yeah and so they might be on the phone or on a call with you and they're so excited about that because they might be that person or that couple that have been following you for ages okay so don't kind of take that for granted really listen to what it is you know in and amongst all the giddiness and and things that they they might be asking you make sure you're paying attention to what they're saying if you need to jot things down i know that we do that so that you you may kind of come back to it later on in the call then please make use of that because as well you need to be asking open questions when you're talking to them because the more information that you can kind of derive from them in that call you know gives you opportunities to kind of respond and you know, I think because we've been looking at things to do with marketing and, and, and such like in, in the last few weeks, you know, a big part of that and a big reason why people will buy from people is because they're after a solution, mm. you know, and you could have uh, one, you know, it could be the bride, it could be one member of, of, of this couple who's really giddy and just really wants you to do this for them and is asking all the questions and then the partner might just be really subdued in the background and he's kind of just along for the ride because actually they're quite shy and underneath it they actually have um some uh, concerns they've got some reservations about because they having, don't want having the photo or video taken and if they've never experienced it before then what they've got is potentially built up in their mind this kind of perception of something that's really in your face really obtrusive so you need to kind of, that's why kind of, uh, you know, the, the Zoom calls are a really good thing because you can... You can, you can check kind the of, body language. Yeah, yeah. So ultimately what you're wanting to do, don't just make it all about one person um, on that call as well. You know, get what you can from them, but make sure you're addressing them equally. You know, and I know that we consciously do that, you know, making sure we obviously will know the person who's inquired to name, but making sure that you know the other person's name as well. And you've got the giddy one and you're getting information out of them but make reference to, to the other party as well. Ask them about that, what, what they're doing. What are their thoughts on that? You know, so, oh, you know, getting on with this and what, what do you think about that then? Make sure you're including them as well. And if this if it's the bloke who says, I don't I don't like having my photo taken, just say, never do I, mate, but we've got to do it one day, haven't we? <laughs> <laughs> we've got to do it for this one day, make them happy. <laughs> Which is a lie. I love having my photo taken. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Big, uh, what I would say though, so, you know, you're, you're kind of, you're going to be injecting all this kind of energy into into the call as well. Um, I'm wanting to make sure you're picking up on, on the things that they're saying, but stop short of please be becoming a pushy car sales person. <laughs> yeah. Because it might not just be a pushy car salesman. I always wanted to be a car salesperson. Remember when I went for that? I do. Yes, I do. Yeah, yeah I do. <laughs> one of the one on the list. Uh, <laughs> maybe if this don't work out. <laughs> but yeah, and I think uh, one of the, one of the two was 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 saying. Uh, I think I said at the beginning of just this this last section. Please don't have the expectation that you're going to close the deal, make the seal the the sale. I thought you were going to make, make the, the seal. seal. Honestly, I just, I don't even know today. I'm very sorry. <laughs> I think it's it rhymes with deal. <laughs> yeah, but we're not doing a limerick. <laughs> <laughs> okay. Don't have the expectation that this is it. They're going to sign up right there and then, you know, 
as well allow them the space to kind of think about the options that you've given them, the information that you have given them. Um, you might, as I said, also get those that, that just want to know that they've got you booked, they might, but they just might don't expect book. it. But what I would say is, is that a good way to end a, a kind of meeting call type thing is to have, uh, and if this is where like a script might come in handy for you, if you, if you can't sort of do this off the cuff, but just having something that winds it up at the end, like if they aren't in, in, in sort of, you know, intimating that they're going to book, then you need to kind of, again, it's like set an expectation thing or, uh, you know, have a process. So it's like, no problem. I'll give you some time to think about that. If you've got any questions, blah, blah, blah. And, you know, I'll check in with you in a few days. And guess what? We've got a follow up for that as well. Because <laughs> that's really important. So um, the next thing is uh, having a process to book. The process to book needs to be simple. It needs to be secure and convenient because that is the thing that is going to be a friction point. You know, if it's difficult for someone to book you, that might be one of the things that makes them, I know it sounds crazy because if they really want you, they should just do whatever it is that they've got to do to get you booked. But what we're trying to do is always remove obstacles and things. We just want it to be nice and simple for them. People are busy. They don't want to have to mess around. It There's nothing annoys me more than when I can't just click and buy something today. Mm. I want to be able to click, buy, it's done, right? It, you know, I can't cope with it. We had some issues, didn't we? I was trying to buy some stuff earlier on this week and my card wouldn't work and it's a long story, but, you know, I had to use Lindsay's card and, oh, it drove, drove him mad. Mm. And if, if if someone's like me and it drives them mad, they might just go, right, I'm not booking them. Yeah, yeah, <laughs> no, I'm not buying it. I'm not, not buying it. Right? Mm. I'm not saying that's going to happen, but you don't want it to happen. You know, the, the idea of paying by card, this is something that comes up on the groups, Facebook groups and mm. forums and stuff. I see a lot discussion about paying by card i don't get it i don't get what people's issue is with taking card payments every single modern business takes card payments an ice cream van takes card payments right (laughs) yes there's some costs involved and yes on an ice cream it's going to be two pence or something compared to you know 20 quid on a few thousand pound job that you're going to do but guess what just build it in just build it into the, the cost of doing business. Put your prices to a certain point where it just is how it is. And don't worry about, like, I know some people are worried about chargebacks and things like yeah. that when people pay a credit card. I'm not going to sort of, I'm not going to get into that because I'm not, I've not experienced it. And if someone's experienced someone charging like thousands of pounds back, you know, taking it out of their account and they weren't expecting it, that's awful. Mm. And that's a real, that's a shitty situation. I've not experienced it, so I can't believe that it's that easy for someone to do that. Like, I know how it works, and I know it's possible, but un- unless you've actually really not done your job properly or something's happened, I can't see how someone can just literally take the money and there's no recourse for you. Do you know what I mean? Hmm. So, anyway, if that's the issue, I- I'm not going to debate it because if you've got your reasons for not taking card payments for that reason but with things like stripe square paypal these things they're set up in a way to help businesses if people were just able to just do chargebacks all the time surely we'd be in a situation where no one would be using them 
because yeah. every single business would be scared of that happening. So that's kind of make it simple, secure and convenient. Very easy to set those things up. We'll go into that now. Quotes and a booking form. Mm-hmm. So the process of we basically use the the CRM system has the quotes and the booking form is kind of built into all this. So it just does it for us. If you're not using that, what are you doing? Think about the process in which you are going to formulate a quote. How are you going to present? What you're going to offer? What they get? Formulize that so that there's a quote. It's very simple for them to see. There's some kind of form where you're collecting some kind of information unless you've already acquired that. And then there's some sort of contract. We don't have to really labour the point on contracts. That's another topic altogether. If you haven't got a contract, if you don't use contracts, that's not great. And it's not just about a legality thing because actually in a lot of cases, you know, people asking for money back, you giving money back and people not paying balances. Honestly, it's all... The civil, the civil law aspect of that is just such a, it's a minefield. So, contract you should have a contract, hundred percent for this reason. But contract or no contract, it doesn't one hundred percent solve all of that. It helps a lot if things go down the legal route, but it doesn't solve all of that. But the main reason to have a contract for me is just so that you're setting out what your terms and conditions are, so that they understand what they can expect from you. And you expect this from them. And it's just a way of then you knowing where you stand with each other mm-hmm. and them feeling comfortable and confident with you and you knowing that if if something changes that you can say, well, it says in the contract and we don't have to go down the legal thing. We just need to have something that explains what to expect and it sets expectations and it's going to help you with that relationship. Yeah. keeping that relationship a positive one even if things change and you're not happy about it and they're not happy about it at least you're not doing anything underhand it's not sneaky mm-hmm. it's all written down mm-hmm. we've agreed to it yeah payment terms again we won't go into the the ins and outs and the the, the formalities legalities of, of t- payment terms but you know I suggest you take some money at the start that's up to you we've done all sorts of different things haven't mm-hmm. we but it doesn't really matter as long as you're happy with the amount that you're taking. But also similarly, if you take a large amount, just be happy that you might have to give it back if the wedding doesn't go ahead. Be- just because if you take something that's, you know, I've heard of people taking 50% or more at the start. And if you don't end up delivering the service, I think that's a really difficult situation mm-hmm. to justify, forget legally, just morally justifying mm-hmm. keeping 50% of someone's money if it's quite a large amount, if you don't actually end up doing the job for them. Um, yes, you'll have incurred some inconvenience and you'll have incurred some costs, but I don't think in any situation you morally, forget legally, morally you can justify charging someone for something that you don't end up doing. So, so that's totally up to you. Ours has always been a fairly low deposit. Yeah. Because we'd rather have the money at the time of the job. And fortunately, and maybe naively, we've had very few jobs that have not gone through. Not yeah. they've, they've ended up cancelling and we've not and we've been left out of you know pocket and things like that. So, um, post booking, mm-hmm. um, communication. So, clients want to feel comfortable that you haven't disappeared. Yeah, you want to be posting regularly on your socials. Hopefully, you're doing that anyway. 
occasional email updates, um, you know, and basically you want to explain what the process is leading up to the wedding. They book you, it might be two years later they're getting married. If you have a pandemic, it might be three or four. So, you know, you want to be making sure that you're sending them a little update every now and then, you're keeping up to date on the socials. It's just just nice to to keep in touch with people anyway, isn't it? And mm-hmm. just showing interest in them. It, it, again, it's part of the building the relationship up. It's building the trust up before the wedding day. Yeah. You've got to make things easy for them, yeah. haven't you, along, along that yeah, you, journey as well. And but, If you think the, they might have a question, mm-hmm. like, uh, when are you going to contact me about my wedding? If you think yeah. that they might be thinking that, then they probably are. Yeah. So just just send everyone an email whose wedding it is. Like during the pandemic, we sent out a couple of, you know, emails. We even did a video that was just explaining like what we what what the situation is, what we're going to do if you need to postpone, what we're going to do if you cancel. You know, it basically obviously we worded it in a very particular way because we weren't encouraging people to cancel but it was just saying look this is what will happen you know if you need anything get in touch with us this isn't revolutionary stuff but i don't believe everybody's doing it so if you do it you stand out don't you and you're building up this relationship that's going to help you with your future reviews um referrals with people because it's just all part of like these guys are different yeah. Yeah. Make it easy for them. Um, make the whole process of using your service stress-free. So you're providing information and invoices. You're arranging pre-wedding chats and meets up. You're explaining the process on and after the wedding day. And this for us is all done through a series of communications. Yeah. As in, we have an email before the We have a few emails leading up to the wedding that get different bits of information or arrange the, the call or the meeting. We have... Um, an email that explains the process on the wedding day, which is also done through questionnaires and things like that. And we also have one straight after the wedding and then we have even have like follow-up ones after we've delivered stuff to get reviews and things. Mm. And this is all real. Yeah. yeah, definitely. So then you are at a point once the booking has been... It's been confirmed. We were looking at after then secured it. Um, if, if we think about the the, the the kind of concept of conversions in their own right, then you know, so we're just talking about one kind of hypothetical client there, aren't we? Where we're, we're sort of looking at so how you've managed that post booking. Talk to us about kind of conversions in, in mass and and sort of the importance of measuring that. Well, for for me, we use the CRM that we use, and part of the information we're collecting is is how someone found us um, and other little bits of information about the the couple and this is all feeding into us kind of having some kind of statistics to look at mm-hmm. um, we want to collect information about inquiries and about bookings so that we can see what what is happening and that will help us formulate and create our strategies for our business going forward so for instance what's your conversion rate how many people inquire how many people book something like 10 percent is still a high conversion rate um if you're priced at a more premium level i'd say ours is below 10 percent. i'd say ours is five maybe 
maybe even less i don't know i've not done it recently i thought i think previously it was probably about 10 percent, but it might be less than that now um when you've got lower prices you might be getting upwards of 50 percent or more Mm -hmm. as a as a conversion rate and what i mean is you know every inquiry that comes in no matter where it comes from what it is it's do they book or not but you might also want to look down at, at things like where your inquiries come from you might want to look at something a bit more micro as in how many people book a call or book a video meeting or an in-person meeting with you how many of those book you know and look at the percentages there and by doing this it's we're able to analyze and consider behavior so if you're getting a lot of inquiries you know from a particular place but none of them book so like let's say Facebook, there's all these inquiries coming from Facebook, nobody books from Facebook or we're getting all these inquiries from this wedding fair, but no one books from this wedding fair. It's really important information for our business. Um, you know, we might be generating some leads, but it's not helping the business go forward. It's not helping us achieve our goal. Mm-hmm. Knowing this information is the is absolute key to you focusing your marketing efforts in the future. Mm-hmm. Is there a problem with your process? You know, is there something mm. somewhere where people aren't booking because it's so difficult for them to get over that hurdle? Mm. Is there something like maybe you get calls booked, but you get calls or meetings booked with people, but no one books afterwards? And that sounds awful. But what if it's something you're doing or saying on those yeah. on those interactions? You know, you, you're not going to fix it unless you know about it, and you re- you really need to be honest about if something's not working if you go and spending all this money on your wedding fairs or you're spending all this money on your social media advertising and those inquiries are coming in but they're not converting at all you know if the conversion is zero or it's very low then maybe it's the wrong thing and it's just been looking at the data being honest with yourself and by doing so your business is more likely to be successful and sustainable if you're willing to make the changes and continually improve <laughs> I think that's I think, uh, yeah. a long one. <laughs> and that's probably a good place to leave it for this week because um, in the next episode we want to, we've talked a lot about CRM today, haven't we? So we want to just spend a little bit of time next week um, sharing with you the, the, um, the software that we use. Uh, the process. Yeah, well, on, I th- well, I thought what we could do is we could go into kind of customer service and experience mm-hmm. and as part of that, as part a big of part of yeah. it for us is using that piece of software. Yeah, and other things as well and, and give you some ideas of, of other other ones that are available that, that you might want to, to use if you use something using something a little bit more kind of spreadsheet based or, you, you know, a little bit less formal than a and a CRM just talk you kind of through the the benefits of of that when it comes to to thinking about your your customer uh, service and experience for them. And then um, we kind of just decided, didn't we, that uh, we sort of looked at things this week and looked at where we are in the year and um, reflected on what we've kind of covered in the, the these sort of ten eleven episodes and where might be best to take it over the course of the next few months. Yeah, because we've talked so, a lot about business functions Mm -hmm. we've talked a lot about the 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 back the back end of your business that you're probably going to work on more through the quieter times Mm -hmm. you know through the 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 winter months Mm -hmm. and as we're coming into the more kind of busy peak wedding season I think we 
thought, well, this would be a good time to, to sort of leave that there. It's not done. There's lots more we can talk about, but we can leave it there for now. We've mm-hmm. got to the point where we've talked about you've got some jobs. Now let's talk about doing the jobs. Yeah. Um, and do some more practical stuff to do yeah. with weddings, stuff to do with shooting, stuff to do with editing. Yeah. Um, that hopefully you know we can we can kind of be relating to ourselves because we're going to be you know totally immersed in shooting and editing for the next few months um, till till the the autumn really. So uh, when when in the autumn it would be a better time yeah. when people are starting to quieten down again in the winter months to to go back into the business stuff again. Mm. So, yeah. So, so we're actively kind of planning and think about what those, those are the next 10 episodes yeah. will, will kind of be about. So, um, please, if you would like to influence that at all and you have any ideas or things that you think it would be really helpful for us to, to explore with you and discuss for you, um, please just get in touch with us. Um, you can reach us on uh, a DM on Instagram or Facebook at Wedding Mavericks uh, you can drop us an email um, and it'd be really good to, to hear from you in that in that respect so uh, we hope that today has been useful um, albeit a little bit long <laughs> uh, sorry about that but um, yeah thank you once again for listening and, and tuning in yeah um, please follow us and subscribe if you're watching on YouTube. Follow the, the podcast on wherever you're getting your, your podcast from. If you want to check out the website, it's uh, weddingmavericks.com. Um, thanks to Divine Studios for sponsoring the podcast, and we will see you in the next one. Take care, everyone. Bye. Hey, hey, hey.